So today, um, we are talking about sowing to the Spirit. Now, I love that we prayed for our brother to be baptized in the Holy Spirit this morning, because that, that is exactly what sowing to the Spirit is. It's one way that we can sow to the Spirit. Why do we pray in tongues? It's, it's like planting a seed out there. You know, um, uh, so we have a garden that we tried to do this year which you'll notice it epically failed. Um, uh, we tried to do a little garden right here, which we've, we've never been, me and Kayla, good gardeners, but my parents are really good gardeners. My brothers are great gardeners. They, can, they know how to prepare the soil. They know how to get seed in the ground. They know how to put the right <coughs> elements in place with you know, the right amount of water, and the, they know the necessary sunlight. And they do you know, different kind of things with like fish to, to, to fertilize the soil and cause crops to grow. And, uh, you know, they, they know how to sow really, really well. And they take care of what they sow. And praying in the Holy Spirit is sowing to the Spirit. It's sowing something. Now, uh, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 8, it says, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap from the Spirit eternal life. And uh, sowing to the Spirit, investing into the things of God, you know, praying in the Holy Spirit is one way, but sometimes it's sowing your time, you know, sowing the Word of God, whether it be a YouTube video or you're, you're reading your Bible, you're sowing to the Spirit. And it's amazing, you know, uh, and, and in the book of Genesis 8, 22, it says, as long as the earth remains, there is seed time and harvest. And all that tells us when you plant something, when you sow something, there's going to come a time when it's going to come back. That's seed time and harvest. It's a, it's a biblical principle that even the world understands it. I mean, lots of leaders of major corporations, they are powerful givers because they know seed time and harvest. They know that when they, they make things happen for other people, that it happens back for them. You know, my brother Matthew, that was sowing free time got free land in return. That is sowing. You know, right now, especially with the COVID-19 pandemic and the loss of jobs, people need to know how to sow because that is their future. They have to begin to prepare for tomorrow. And the way you prepare for tomorrow is sow seeds today, planting seeds today. If you want your spirit life to be, to be big in God, you have to plant big seeds. If we want tomorrow's spirit life to be different, if we want our emotional life with God to be different tomorrow, we have to invest today and go and take that time to God. I'm going to get an hour in. You know, maybe I'm dorky for doing this, but I set a timer <coughs> on my prayer time, and I set it on my watch, or I'll set it on my phone, and I put in a timer. So why would you do that? Because I want to know that I am diligently sowing. It's not an effort of works, and I don't feel like this shame if I don't fulfill the full hour or if I something happens and I have to get up and move. I, I don't, I don't, it's not a matter of the work of the flesh. It's just like being a disciplined, uh, like a disciplined runner. I mean, you know, when I was in high school, I ran cross country. And so I would run cross country, and we would time our mile, you know, or we would, we would there, was, there was always tracking. There was measurable growth. And so well, when I was running a mile at eight minutes, okay, or then I could run a mile at seven minutes, and then I could run it at... You, you could measure your growth. You could see that you're actually getting better. And you can see that, oh, wow, an hour's passed, and I, I still feel like praying. I still feel like being in God's presence. I feel like maybe we'll start extending this to an hour and a half. Okay, let's try to set my timer, and 
see how am I doing? Am I am I still connecting to God, or am I kind of am I zoning out here? Or we extend further. Oh, I'm I can pray two hours. And I'm I'm doing great. It's a way to measurably grow. It's a measurable sowing. I mean, when a farmer goes out and sows, they know how many seeds they're putting in the ground. They know how much. I mean, this is the basis of our educational system as we have measurable growth. We can see how people are doing. We have testing systems, uh, whether it be, a, you know, we have in the state, we have state testing systems. But in our kid's case, they're homeschooled. We have measurable results that we can see. Uh, we can see how he's doing here. Maybe not so good. We need to go back and revisit why, that's why that's the purpose of measurable results, so you, that you can go back and shore up where you're, you're falling short. So sowing to the Spirit is a powerful thing, and measurably sowing well. Um, um, uh, th- th- I had a friend that was, um, I was telling the testimony with Sergio earlier. He, he was a Baptist pastor uh, where, I, where I'm from in Brownwood. And he came here, and we were, he was my neighbor in Brownwood. Then we both moved to El Paso, and he was my neighbor. He was uh, a friend of mine here in El Paso, but he was my neighbor back there. And uh, he had been watching our ministry on Facebook. You know, we were doing Facebook updates and posting stories about maybe someone that got healed or someone that got touched. And anyway, he was seeing this Well, he was a Baptist pastor. And he was reading our testimonies of people being healed. He was reading testimonies of people coming to know the Lord. And he was seeing like supernatural results. He was seeing, wow, God is doing something. I know, I know Adrian believes a little different than I do, but there's something happening over there. And so this pastor, he, uh, he comes to me and begins to ask me questions, just like Sergio. Can you tell me about the Holy Spirit? Can you tell me about the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Can you tell me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And we started talking. I said, yeah, why don't we... What, I, I feel like... You know, he was kind of an analytical-minded person. So I said, why don't, we, uh, why don't we walk through the scriptures and we'll talk about it. And uh, so I said, okay. So I began to walk him through this, the, the passages about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And um, he understood it. You know, he understood it conceptually. You know, it, it made sense in his mind why it was still available today for believers. And uh, we had been meeting at Starbucks. And I just began to sow the Word of God into him. So the truth of the word of God and that he saw, wow, this is available for all believers. Wow, this is available for today. Wow, the word of God is true here. It must be true here too. And I was so into the spirit. And then he says to me, after I ask him, are you ready to receive this? He says, yes. That moment of yes for him was a harvest from sowing in the spirit. So I sowed and got back a yes from him. He says, great. I said, that's wonderful. We've been meeting at Starbucks. I said, well, where's a good place to pray? You want to pray here? What do you want to do? And uh, he says, well, why don't we go to my car? I said, perfect. So we go to his car at the parking lot of Starbucks at the fountains. And we sit in the car. He's sitting in the driver's seat. I'm in the pastor's seat. And we just begin to pray. And this Baptist pastor began to be filled with the Holy Spirit, just like Sergio. And began to speak in new tongues. What happened? Sow to the Spirit and harvesting from the Spirit. Why don't people experience new things in the Holy Ghost? So often there's not that sowing. Sometimes it's the Word of God knowing the truth. Sometimes it's spending time. Sometimes it's, it's just investing yourself to things of the Spirit of God. You know, uh, why do not everyone sees healing? No, when I first started to pray for the sick... Uh, I, I saw very little results. I did not see healing. I would pray, say, God, would you bring healing to this person? And zilch, like nothing would happen. And so the, early on when I first got my first breakthrough, 
I've been reading a Bill Johnson book uh, about the supernatural power of the transformed mind, and I was believing for God to, to show me that people could be healed today just like they were healed in the Bible. And uh, I was like, God, I see these other people are experiencing it, but I'm not experiencing it, God. I, ha- I ha- want it to happen. I've been feeding. I've been sowing in my spirit saying, God, this says it's real. I'm maybe 20 years old, maybe 22 years old. So about, you know, not much older than, than uh, Priscilla. No, uh, Genesis. Genesis. Not much older. And so I was sowing. I was like, it began to stir a hunger inside of me. And so I remember the night I walked into Walmart. And I was going in to buy milk or something. Come out. And I walk in and I see this lady in a motorized scooter. And when I saw her, I remember saying in my spirit, God, why can't I just go over there and lay hands on her and pull her out of that scooter? This is Walmart in America. And uh, I thought, I'm going to go pray for her. And she's going to get healed. Now, this is after me praying for people and seeing nothing happen. You know, when you go to someone, up to someone, and you tell them, hey, God wants to heal you, God God heals people today, you pray for them, and then nothing happens. How many you know that kind of plays tricks on your mind? Mm-hmm. I'd pray, and nothing would happen. I'd pray again, nothing happened. I'd pray again, nothing happened. I was sowing to something, but I had not seen the harvest come yet. I thought, I'm going to go pray for that lady, and God's going to heal her today. And I started to walk towards her. And God spoke back to me just so clearly in my spirit. He said, if you believe that she's going to get up when you pray for her, go get another cart. Because she was in the motor scooter, right? He said, if you believe that she's going to get up when you pray for her, go get a cart. And so I said, all right. So I went and got a cart and I pushed it over towards her. And I said, hi, excuse me, my name name is Adrian. I know you're shopping and uh, you're doing something right now. And she's with her husband. And uh, I said, listen, I'm, I'm a Christian, and I'd really love to pray for you. You know, the Bible says to pray for the sick and for those in pain. And what's going on? And she says, oh, yeah, um, you know, we're Christian too, and, and, uh, but I've, I've got a, two ruptured discs in my back and a twisted sciatic nerve. I said, man, well, so on a scale of 1 to 10, what's your, what's your pain like? Remember, measurable results. What's your pain like? She says a 12. Scale 1 to 10, she says 12. <laughs> And uh, I said, oh, wow. So she's in excruciating pain riding around in this thing that day. I said, wow, you know, I just, I just want you to know Jesus can, can heal your body. Is it, is it okay if I pray for you? Now, in Brownwood, it's a, it's a very Christian, Christian culture. You know, we're, we're kind of in the city here. In Brownwood, Texas, it's like Bible Belt. Like everybody's a Christian. It's cultural to be Christian. And so when you say, I'm going to pray for you, they, uh, they say, yeah, sure, why not? You know, and uh, they're usually expecting you to pray that evening before you go to bed. And so uh, I put my hands on her and began to pray with her there at Walmart. And so they go, oh, okay, you know. And uh, so we started to pray. And they were in agreement. They, they got in agreement and we began to pray together. And um, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you can touch this woman's body, that your word says that we will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. God, we pray according to Matthew 6.10 that your kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven, that this woman's pain would be gone, that there's no pain in heaven. So we pray in Jesus' name that the pain would leave her now in the earth. In Jesus' name, we're praying. We're just going after it with all the scriptures and everything you know. You just go after it. Nothing happens. How do you know that, that that's, uh, it does something to your mind, right? God, you said that if I laid hands on the sick, they would recover. We pray. Nothing happens. 
I thought, I know the promise of God. I know what the word says. It says I can have this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And God's presence began to come when I was talking to her and praying for her. I said, what's going on? What do you feel happening in your back? She's like checking it out. So if you don't check it out, check it out. So scale one to ten, where are you at? So I'm like a like a ten. Let's pray again. Father, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I know your promises are true. We pull on those promises to manifest right here. How are you doing? Oh, it's about a, it's about an eight. We're praying now. In church, you can pray for ten minutes, ten fifteen minutes. No big deal, right? Like it's pretty normal. 10 to 15 minutes in Walmart is a big deal, just so you know. And so, like, we're praying, and there's people around us, but by the time I'm done praying, like, we have scattered everybody that was in the frozen food section that day. They were, like, out away from us because we thoroughly freaked everybody out, you know, because we're going after it now, and they're in agreement. Now we're all going for it because God's doing something. 10, 8, 5, 2, 12 to 2. Stopped at two that day. It came to two. Just a smidgen of. But from a 12 to a two, we saw the healing power of God begin to flow into her body. And what did we do? We took those groceries that were in her cart, put them in the cart we pushed over. She popped up and she pushed her cart the rest of that day. I jumped in the motorized scooter and I turned it on. And Zipped it back up to the front. You know, if you can imagine me driving a motorized scooter at Walmart. I'm driving it and it goes like one mile an hour. I drive it and parked it. Got my milk went home. Sowing to the Spirit. When you sow, you're going to reap, man. I want to encourage you that if you've ever stepped out for God and you didn't see it happen, don't stop sowing. Sow. Sow. So, if you've prayed for, for freedom in an area, don't stop sowing. So, so, so. If you believe that God's giving you authority over your home, over your life, over your family, and you're not seeing it manifest, don't stop sowing. So, speak out the word. Sow to it. And you will reap a harvest. It will come back to you. And there will be that moment where you look at it, and you're holding your jug of milk, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I just, I just reaped something. You know, you're hold, you're, you go home and you say, oh my gosh, I just saw God manifest. And when you reap something, all I can say is you have that feeling like I was born for this. This is exactly what I was born for. It's a powerful thing to sow to the Spirit. Um, um, you know, in uh, Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 3, it talks about prayer. Let's move it over. You know, we're, we're coming into a pretty heavy season of prayer. And so we want to, we want, I'm sorry, not verse 3, verse 5. It says, when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. So they are sowing so that they can be seen by people. So that's a wrong heart motive, Right. And uh, truly, I say to you, they have the reward, meaning that's their harvest. 
they sowed to be seen by men, and they got to be seen by men. So they have what they wanted, according to what was in their heart. Uh, verse 6, but when you pray, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father who's in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I love this. This is a beautiful passage because a lot of people think, I'm trying to find God. This scripture in Matthew 6, 6 tells you exactly where God is. It says, go to your inner room and shut the door. Now for me, I've got an upstairs inner room. You know, it's there and here. This is my other inner room. But upstairs, there's our bedroom. And in our bedroom, there is an inner closet. And so when I go in, I actually go through this door, close the door. And then I go into that room and close the door. And the reason why is it's a, it's a quiet place. There's no noise. There's nothing else going on. It's just me and God. God says, in the scripture, he says, I am there. This is how we engage with God. You've got, we all have to have an inner room with God. For you, for some, it may be a car. When you leave that front door and you get into that, go through that car door and you shut that door, you are in, that's your inner room. Let that be your inner room where you sow to the Spirit. And you talk to God. Say, God, what about this? What about that? Talk to Him. Read your Bible. Listen to, listen to the Bible. I mean, we've got, we've got tools today like nobody's business. We can listen to the Bible. You don't have to read anymore. I mean, just like you can find a way to sow to the Spirit. For me, I, I'm, usually I'm in here because I work my offices in here. And so I'll go through there and I'll just shut the doors. And I'm with God now. That inner room is a place where you sow to the Spirit. And... Uh, and when you're praying, don't use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose they'll be heard by their many words. And uh, verse 8, so do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And uh, verse 9, pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So this is how I started seeing results in prayer, was praying according to this, this pattern. You know, uh, it's interesting, you know, this this the this phrase this or this prayer Jesus says do not use repetitions meaningless repetitions and what do people do with this passage <laughs> you know it's the Padre Nuestro it's the Our Father it's everybody knows it why because it's, it's what they repeat what does Jesus say <laughs> oh, verse 8 and do not be like them <laughs> you know don't that, that's not the goal that repetition you know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That's, that's not the point. Jesus was demonstrating a pattern of heart. He says, pray this way, our Father. Why does he want us to say our Father? Because when we say our Father, we know that we are his son. We are his daughter. You're acknowledging he is my Lord. Hallowed be your name. You're holy. You're higher than me. I acknowledge your Lordship. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So, I mean, this is the, the basis of kingdom theology is that in the kingdom, in heaven, is there pain? Is there pain in heaven? I no. bet. No. No. Good job, Julie. High five. No, there's no pain in heaven. Is there back pain in heaven? No. No is right. Well done. And so that's that was the basis of my prayer for the woman in Walmart. It's not there. And so Jesus says, pray 
that, your, that the realm of the king's dominion would come into this earth. And so when I was speaking healing to that body, when I was sowing to the Spirit, we're saying, pulling God from this realm that says, there's no pain there. Let that happen right here, God. Manifest right here. I had another guy. Um, um, these are my old Walmart stories for, uh, for those that will listen to this podcast later. They'll know these stories. But um, the, uh, I had a friend. His name was Joel. And he was a part of our college Bible study. He, uh, he would come and he would see us going to Walmart every week because we would go on outreach. And we would pray for people and we would buy people's groceries. And we're, you know, getting people rocked by God at Walmart. Well, you know, when you buy people, people's groceries, especially in these days, like, they don't really know what to think about it, right? And so we go to buy, uh, we're taking care of people. Well, anyway, one of the cashiers, Joel, would see us come in every week. He thought, who are these crazy people buying groceries, touching people, and you know, like, what's going on with them? There's these weird people that come. And uh, they knew, he saw that we were doing that. Well, in this season, we were like, man, God is touching people at Walmart. We were seeing people healed at Walmart. We were seeing people saved. We were seeing people getting rocked by God. I thought, we're, we're taking Walmart for the kingdom of God. You know, we're like all 20 years old. Like, we're thinking we're taking territory for Jesus. And so we get to Walmart, and we did crazy stuff. We got our, our group of friends. We, we went to Walmart, and we bought a bunch of oil, and we started to march around the Walmart, and we began to pour oil on the ground, praying that God would set apart Walmart, that God would touch Walmart, that the kingdom of God would manifest in Walmart, like a bunch of crazy people. How many you know that looks a little crazy? But we're sowing to the Spirit. Father, would you do something? You know, sowing to the Spirit sometimes looks different, because it's not sowing to the flesh. Setting aside time to read this instead of watching Netflix or Hulu, it looks different. Setting aside time to fill up or setting a timer on your prayer life, that looks different. But it's sowing to the Spirit. We're marching around Walmart, praying, pouring oil, lifting up a shout for what God's going to do. Joel is seeing us doing wild stuff, praying for people. And I knew when I saw him, the first time I saw him, I thought, that guy, God's going to touch that guy. I knew it from the second I saw him. I knew God was going to touch that guy. And uh, he had someone in line. And I thought, how are we going to get to this guy? He's, uh, he's, uh, he's at work right now. And so I told my friend, Jesse, I said, hey, Jesse, go get a cart of groceries and fill it up with a bunch of stuff. So he, you know, people start... Throwing, you know, like if y'all ever saw that supermarket sweep back in the old days, yeah? So Jesse's supermarket sweep, you know, putting stuff in this thing. We push it over so we can get in line, so we can get to the cashier. And I don't even think we bought anything, you know? We don't think we probably didn't have the money to buy it anyway, you know, being in college. Well, so we, uh, we go through line, and we talk to Joel, and we just tell him about God and what we're doing. It touches his heart. He decides later on to come to a Bible study. At the Bible study... They were talking about, I don't remember the subject, they were talking about God, but he gets a hunger in his heart for God. He gets touched. He goes on himself to start reading the Bible. And my friends were going back on outreach later. And they saw him again and said, Hey, Joel, how are you doing? It's good to see you. And he says, Guys, I've, I've been... Uh, I've been reading in the Bible, and I was reading in, in Acts, book of Acts, about this thing 
about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I just, I want what, what God has for me. I know we, we prayed the other night, but you know, nothing, nothing really happened. And, but I, I'm just reading this. I know this is, this is from God. And so Joel's talking to my friend John, and um, he was on the video call the other day. Uh, and John says, well, we can pray for you to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, right now if you'd like. He's, he's working at his cash registry all, at Walmart. And John lays hands on him to pray for him. So he does like what I did. You put your hands on the guy and you close your eyes and you start to pray. Well, John and Joel are praying while the guy's on duty at Walmart, the checker. And uh, they're praying, praying, praying. And then John doesn't feel him anymore. He thinks, oh, well, maybe he felt weird and stepped back or something. And so if John reaches out, and he's not there. You know, John's eyes are closed. He's reaching. He's not there. So he opens his eyes to see, well, where did he go? And he looks for Joel, and Joel is laying on the ground next to his cash register at Walmart. The power of God came and touched him right there. Sowing to the Spirit brought a harvest in his life. Bam! Hit the guy. This is a Church of Christ guy, non-Holy Spirit-filled believer. I mean, Christians, but not believers. Not, not, uh, not filled with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and so he, he hits the ground, and Joel is out. And so like, oh my gosh, you know, the, the cashier's on the ground, and he's at work right now. And, uh, and so they're waiting, and he's on the ground for like a minute. So like a minute at church is a short time, but again, a minute at Walmart is a long time to be laying on the ground with your eyes closed, right? And so God touches him at Walmart, and he gets back up, rocked by God. He's checking groceries, and he's telling people, I just got filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm checking the groceries. Click, I just got filled with the Holy Spirit. Click, I just got filled with the Holy Spirit. One of our pastors was at church, I was at Walmart that night, and she was shopping, and she goes to him, and he checks her out. I just got filled with the Holy Spirit. She came to church the next day. She said, I was at Walmart and there was this guy. He was checking my groceries, telling me he just got filled with the Holy Spirit. What happened? Someone got rocked by God. Someone sowed to the Spirit and it came back to them. Sowing to the Spirit is a powerful thing. Investing in your life. Gil and Marcella have just left to Bible school. Nine months. You know what they're doing? They are sowing to the Spirit. They're like full-time like in their profession. Brokers. Pastors leading a church, part of a mission organization. Like they are in their element right now and they hit the brakes to sow to the Spirit. And let me tell you something, they will reap a harvest. It's a powerful thing. So, oh, well, we got so much going on here. No, no, no. But some, there's sometimes you just have to freeze things and sow to the Spirit. That's how we went to Bible school. We, we went to, to Mozambique and we spent time in Africa and our missionary school, I mean, and that's how we did it, and we sowed to that, and, and we're still reaping from it. We're still reaping from it. It's a powerful thing to sow to the Spirit. Um, um, let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 22, verse 36. They said, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? And he said to them, this is Jesus' answer. They, they were talking to Jesus. Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And, they, and Jesus says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. 
You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. So usually when people talk about what are the greatest two commandments, they say, oh, you love God with all your soul, heart, mind, and you love your neighbor as yourself. Right? You love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and with all your strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? That sounds really good, but that's not what it said. It says, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost. No, he's saying is this is first. And the second, everyone say second, second. is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know, this is one of the moments in the Bible where when God prioritizes something, there's a purpose behind it. It's not just love God and love people. It's love God first and love people. You know, getting those two things backwards is a distortion. It gets, it gets things twisted. It's a slight and subtle twist on the Christian life. Loving God first, prioritizing God first, putting Him first in your life. Matt, my brother Matthew, just serving people with this time. Seeking first the kingdom of God. Just seeking God. And he would had some, He went to church and he said, a, a, another pastor came up to him and said, hey, I got this money from my stimulus check and I was just holding it and I, I knew I was supposed to give it to somebody and I really feel like I'm supposed to give it to you. Sowing, seeking the first, the kingdom of God brought provision back in his life. And I talk, and, and then he said, hey, he called me a few days later and says, hey, I really feel like, uh, you know, I got a job offer, but I'm really, I'm really wanting to pursue ministry right now. And so I just encourage them to go for it, man. Just do it. Go, 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 go. Like the, the time is short. We're not in a time where it's time to play games whether we want to follow God or not. Like it's time now to follow God. And this season and this, this, this time that we're living in, it's now is the time to go full throttle after God. I said, man, if you'll just do it, you're going to see God show up in, secret, in, 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 in amazing ways over and over and over again. Y'all have heard our bread testimony, how we sowed a loaf of bread when we didn't have much, and it came back to us through a missionary with a table full of bread, and it's still coming back to us now. We have neighbors who give us bread. We have a contact now that they're still giving us loaves of bread. I mean, we just got bread coming out our ears because we sowed a loaf. When you seek first the kingdom of God, when you love God first with all your heart, it comes back to you. And then you have something powerful to love your neighbor with uh, as yourself. You know, we do this in tithes and offerings. Matthew 3, 8, the Bible says, well, a man will rob God. And this man says, how will I rob God? in tithes and offerings. Well, that's a, that's a priority. Why, why is that? Because God wants your heart. It's Matthew 6, 21, that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When God says, bring tithes in the storehouse, you know, give tithes to your church, wherever that is, he's saying, I want to put your heart in the kingdom. And if you'll put your heart in the kingdom, the promises in Malachi 3 are that I will rebuke the devourer for you. I will stand in opposition to the devourer of your life. You don't have to rebuke the devourer. I will come and I will rebuke the devourer for you. That's what, that's what putting God first does. And so I, I want to look at this next story. Matthew chapter, excuse me, John chapter 12. John chapter 12. This is a big deal. Putting God first. 
Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made him a supper there, and Martha was serving. But Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table. Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume, of pure nard, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. So this, she's taken this expensive jar, this expensive fragrance, She's poured it on Jesus. It's costly. Something, I think it was like a, a year or two of, of wages is what, it, what scholars say it is. Costly gift, a costly offering. Verse 4, but listen to this. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, was intending to betray him, said, who was, was intending to betray him, said, why has this perfume, why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor people? Now he said this, not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief. And he, and as he had uh, the money box, he used to pilfer what was put into it. And so Judas is saying, why don't you sell that to give the money to the poor? But he was in charge of the box, and he would, he would give himself tips. <laughs> you know, like he was snagging from the money box, right? <laughs> he was, uh, he was uh, skimming. Yeah, he was skimming. He was putting himself on staff, you know, he was, all these different things. So, um... Now he said this not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief. And that he had put, and he had, as he had the money box, he used to pilfer what was put into it. Verse 7, Therefore Jesus said, Let her alone. Let this woman keep sowing. Let this woman keep pouring this on me. Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. This is a, prior, a prioritizing of love. What did Judas want to do? He didn't say, I want to take this to, uh, to build a, you know, a new church project. He didn't say, I want to take this and, and uh, you know, sponsor you know, the new missionaries for John the Baptist. You know? He said, I want to take this and I want to give it to the who? People. The poor. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Don't do that. It's, see, it's a twisted thing when you change priorities. You love God. Then you love people. You love God first. You prioritize Him first. The one who wanted to take the gift to God and give it to the poor was Judas. That's kind of a big deal, right? (laughs) The guy who betrayed Jesus. I want to take what I would normally give to God and give it to people. That's a serious deal. Um, um, Let me... Verse 8, for you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The other accounts of this says this, what this woman has, been, has done to me will be preached everywhere where the gospel is preached. Jesus was so celebrating her act of love for him, her act of loving him first with everything in her. He said, wherever the gospels preach, this story will be told. Wherever the name of Jesus is, is proclaimed, it'll be told about a woman who gave everything to me. And I think that's where we're at right now. Is like we've, we've done a lot in our life and we've sown to a lot of other things. But I think right now is when we have to sow to God. And you take those jars of oil. You take those alabaster boxes. Yeah, they're worth your livelihood. And they're worth your, your, your own your future. And you sow them to the Spirit. She sowed. And she's still reaping because we're not done preaching the gospel. There's still places we haven't gone to preach the gospel. There's still islands that have not been 
been uh, uh, evangelized. There are places that we haven't been that this woman will still reap the harvest. And it will be praise. It will be where God just like honors her and says, Look, that, that offering you brought me. It's powerful. Um, um, and then, so prioritizing God first matters. Sowing to the Spirit. And so, um, Joel got filled with the Holy Spirit that night. He testified immediately. And he had a really unique grace for the, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It, it came on him in a powerful, powerful way. His, he was Hispanic, but his, when he spoke in tongues, it sounded Asian. Like somewhere on Eastern, Far Eastern. It wasn't, wasn't religious. It wasn't a bunch of religious put on. It was the real deal. And I just want to encourage you guys that whatever that looks like for you, to take it up a notch. So some, so some, it is a matter of giving because your heart's connected to giving. But some, that's not the issue. So it's your life. God's asking, I don't want, I thank you for your giving, but I want you. I want your time. I want your affection. I want your hours. Give me time in the night. He, where he calls you in the night, says, I want you to come to me. I'm calling for you to come to me. And he's, he's calling for you to sow to the Spirit. And if you will sow, I just want to encourage you, you're going to be. If you'll, if you'll step out on that, Romans 10, 11 says, those who trust the Lord will not be disappointed. Everyone who sows to the Spirit, you'll be blessed for doing it. Okay, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, uh, we just give you thanks today uh, for this word, for what you're doing in us, God, that you're, you desire for us to, to begin to plant seeds in the Holy Spirit, that you're calling us um, to receive a new harvest, God. That's why you're calling us to sow. Uh, I pray, Father God, that you would speak to us to what that looks like. Maybe you're, you're here and you need to shift priorities that it's God first. Maybe you need to shift priorities in your time and it's putting God first. You know, uh, maybe it's, it's the way you, you just, the, your prayer life, putting God first, just worshiping Him and giving Him priority in your prayer life. Father, I pray you would speak to us all individually of what that looks like to put you first in our life and see you manifest and see you uh, show up in our life. In Jesus' name. Amen.